Welcome to the How to Buy or Sell a Business Successfully podcast. The concepts discussed in this podcast are for informational purposes only. No attorney-client relationship is intended or formed by this podcast. No legal advice is intended in the substance of this podcast. Feel free to check out our website, www.goformandlaw.com. Enjoy the show and welcome your hosts, Jake Wayman and Sam Foreman. Welcome back to the How to Buy or Sell Successfully podcast. We are on episode 11 out of 12 in a 12 episode series, providing an overview of how deals work and covering some key concepts. We just talked about an asset deal and whether or not that could be a good structure for your deal. And today we're going to talk about whether a stock deal is a good structure for your transaction. My name is Sam Foreman, and a fun fact about me is that I can do a, a killer golem impression. And I will now withhold that until the end of the episode because I am really desperate for the validation from our viewers that comes with having them watch all the way to the end because they definitely won't fast forward to the end now to hear that. So I, I am I'm Jake Wayman, and I don't know if I have a very I don't know if I could do any impersonations of, of any character from Lord of the Rings or I don't know why you'd want to, honestly, I mean, the Gollum, you pick Gollum out of all of them to do it. But anyways, so yeah, I don't have a fun fact like that about me. Well, let's, here's our wild card question of the day for you. What's the funniest thing that your kids have done recently? So my 20 month, 21 month old, I'm almost two years old. He is, so we have a big gold retriever. Uh-huh. And he loves to ride him like a horse. Nice. And my dog, Sammy, is not a huge fan of it. But yeah. he is the kindest, gentlest dog ever and just puts, lets up with it, it. just puts up with it. But it's hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. The funniest thing that happened recently is that my five-year-old brought home a party hat from a kid's birthday party. And the next morning, he's like, Dad, look. And I look over and he has put... The, he has put the the party hat on his behind and he's shaking his behind in the air with the party hat on it. It was it was really funny. I think there's that's a ringing indictment of my equality as a father. So I'm going to go home and rethink my life after we're done recording. So so let's now that I'm done admitting to the world that I have lots of room for improvement as a father. Let's talk about what a stock deal is. A stock deal, you know, a lot of folks are going to be familiar with it, but it's pretty straightforward. It's a transaction in which the buyer purchases the stock of the target company from the selling stockholders. So you've got the owners of the selling business, that's the target company, and they own the stock or it could be LLC interests, units, or other equity interests in that target company and they're selling that directly to the buyer. We're going to use interchangeably in this podcast the term stock deal to refer to any transaction where the ownership interests are being purchased, whether that's in an LLC, a corporation or otherwise. One same the question I have mm-hmm. is, is there, when you're looking at a, a stock deal, is, it, is that usually, are those usually bigger deals, smaller deals, mid-side deals? Does it matter? Yeah, it, it that the size of the deal definitely impacts whether or not an asset sale or a stock sale is going to make more sense. But it's just one consideration among okay. many. I'd say it's more common in larger transactions yeah. because due diligence is such a heavy component of understanding the risk from a buy side and mm-hmm. providing protection you know, through disclosure from the sell side. And the smaller the deal, 
<clears throat> the more, you know, the more those economics can really get out of whack. And so with a, a stock purchase, the buyers take on all of the risk. And so the buyer, or, or at least the default is they're taking on all the risk. Yeah. And so they've got to have a much deeper understanding. And so, yeah, you know, that can really blow the yeah. economics on a smaller deal. Yeah. And that kind of goes into the first point of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, considering considerations for a buyer. I mean, even though they may, this may not be the best deal that they, they may not then they like or dislike a, a, a stock deal, but they, you know, because they really can't limit specific assets and must assume all liabilities. So like you said, like in a stock deal, it's a very big deal mm-hmm. for them to do on a buyer side to do due diligence, yeah. you know, involving a lot of people in it. No, absolutely. And that's, and that's the starting position for every stock mm-hmm. sale. And you can get, you know, you can add components to it and they're not difficult, but the more components you add, the more complexity, the yeah. more difficult the deal is, yeah. the more expensive the deal is. But you can have, you know, even on a stock deal, you know, the starting point is you're taking all the assets and all the liabilities, but you could distribute out some of the assets that you didn't want, have those, you know, transferred in some other fashion. Mm-hmm. And on the liability side, you could require certain protections under the contract, which only go, you know, really only part of the way, in my opinion, or you could have the buyers paying off certain liability, yeah. or excuse me, the, the selling stockholders or the selling target company paying off some of those before closing. But that just adds, you know, it adds more components. Mm-hmm. To Another consideration is, is the buyer's tax treatment. It's, it's generally less beneficial for the buyer on a stock deal than it is on an asset deal. As we talked about on the last one, the buyer is going to get their cost basis in the assets, meaning if you paid a million dollars for the business on an asset deal, you get to start depreciating that as your as your tax basis. If you're on the if you're buying it in a stock deal, the starting point is that you get whatever basis the seller had. So if you pay a million bucks to the selling stockholders and they only have a hundred thousand dollars of basis in the assets, you know, you're kind of stuck with whatever that basis is. There's certain tax elections that can be made that can help change some of that treatment. A term for you to remember is a 338 H10. Sometimes those are used to help help treat the to treat the purchase, excuse me, treat a stock deal as a asset deal for tax purposes. And so there's some creative things that can be done, but again. And it's just, you know, you're adding, you're adding layers of complexity. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so to your point earlier, the size of the deal matters, mm-hmm. the more dollars that are involved, the more you can yep. justify that, that creativity or just the extra work. I, I call it creativity, but yeah. Another, another key consideration to be thinking about is just, you know, from the seller's perspective, how are they going to view it? A lot of times they're going to prefer the, they're going to prefer a stock sale because they get better tax treatment on it. Mm-hmm. They're going to be selling their stock, which, you know, is more likely that they're going to get capital gains treatment on things, which is going to lower their tax bill. Um, so that's a bonus for them from the sell side. It, it can also avoid, if they're a C Corp, it can avoid certain double taxation that could apply. You know, if they're selling assets from a C Corp, the purchase price gets paid into the C Corp and then it has to get distributed out to the owners. And so there's a level of tax at the corporation level and there's a level of tax at the, at the stockholder. But if you are a C Corp, that's not a necessarily a automatic that that's that that's a bad thing to to be as a c-corp on the sell side because you may have a qualified small business stock treatment and that's something you you always want to pay attention to to see if you're eligible for that on the sell side from a c-corp perspective because it could allow for the exclusion from from income on the transaction of a substantial amount that's a really involved topic we may go into detail on that at some point on the podcast but definitely talk to your to your tax advisor about that that would be Um, something i'd be interested because 
yeah. we are C Corp. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about that. Yeah. From, and from a buyer's perspective, this is again, where you want to understand what, how the deal looks for the other party and what are their motivations and priorities. If you're a buyer and you know that the seller could qualify for qualified small business stock treatment and that, that creates a huge amount of tax savings for them on the deal, you know, now you become aware that there's immediately this opportunity to do some planning and structuring in the deal that's beneficial for both parties because of that opportunity. So just something to be tracking with there. You know, you're, you're familiar with from your transaction, you know, the process of going through, you know, the I'm going to call it the, the pain and suffering of the bureaucratic assignment of contracts, yeah. especially where. Uh, you know, the third party that you need the assignment from is a big fish and mm-hmm. you might be a small fish in their, in their customer portfolio. Yep. And so you're not getting good service. You're not getting good attention, but you got to go through that process anyway. Yep. With stock deals, one of the advantages is often there's just fewer, you know, assignments that have to be done. And so for contract for for businesses that have lots of contracts that have lots of third party rights, it can be simpler sometimes. And sometimes it's really important to not have to go through those depending on how those contracts are written. The caveat is you always got to know how is the contract written because some of them will trigger the same kind of consent right and consent process, whether it's a change in ownership of the business or a change in ownership of the assets. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about a couple of practical considerations. And these are going to sound very familiar if you listen to the last episode because <laughs> they're going to be the same. Get your team involved early. I think that's, for me, that's the biggest piece of advice is when you're trying to figure out what is a good structure for your transaction is get your get your team involved early so that they can help you think through based on what your priorities are, how to maximize the value through the structure of the transaction. And then understand the scorecard, understand the other party's scorecard and understand your own scorecard and be clear be clear about what those are because mm-hmm. on, you know, whether it's a stock deal, an asset deal or a merger that we'll talk about next time, you know, just, you know, being really clear about those puts you in a position to figure out, okay, what are our top couple? And then how do we pick a structure that really optimizes the value under those, under those constraints? Yeah. Any other, any other thoughts to add there? No, I think my only yeah. closing thought is kind of along your lines of, of, you know, having team that you're, you're there with, but I, I, I am on there lean on others who've done deals like this before. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I've never a done a thought. stock deal. And so whenever that opportunity comes for me, I need to lean on others who've been through this before. So they know, you know, what to look for, what mm-hmm. are the advantages, what are the disadvantages, you know, what things to consider and everything. So I think that's just not everybody. There's been people in the past that have gone through this before. Mm-hmm. So lean on them with their wisdom. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, in working on Jacob with his deal and, and just attack on that, because I think it's a great piece of advice for folks. I thought one of the things that made your deal, you know, particularly run really well was that you did a really good job of understanding and tracking with folks and really, you know, leaning on their expertise mm-hmm. in the process so that you could focus on the things that created value that only you could do yep. in the process. Yeah, I think sometimes you can be the the killer of your own deal if you get in the way. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. I'm guilty of wearing way too many hats in my business and and currently recovering from that and certainly encourage folks to do the same. Figure out where you create the most value and then spend as much time as you can doing more of less. Yep. My wellness tip for folks today is sleep on it. Make sure you have enough space in your deal schedule to get really good sleep. Yeah, there's lots of science out there about what an impact on your long-term health sleep has, but when it comes to specific your experience with a deal, 
It improves your decision-making, your cognition, lowers your stress, and it's going to improve your overall experience. But the number one reason I think in terms of your outcomes on the deal is that when you have time to really give it some additional thought and really sleep on it, you'll frequently think of additional important questions or considerations that you have on the deal. And so make sure you have that margin and that time in your deal process. Well, thank you folks for joining us today. Please join us next time as we address the question of whether or not a merger is a good structure for your deal. Thanks for those who are tuning back in, uh, to hear my very poor impersonation of Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Do I um, just stand back? Is there some stuff? Yeah, there, there, there might be. You may want to do, do we have one of those like COVID guards? <laughs> yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. Let's see if I've still got it. Um, I did this in high school back when the movies were really pop- popular. Um, uh, all right. Now I'm getting, now I'm getting like stage fright and stuff. Very, I'm having, Enormous amounts of uh, social anxiety going on here. Okay. Malpressures. Olim, Olim. The nasty hobbitses. They, they want to buy business. They, they want to buy my precious. <laughs> they didn't do the disclosure schedules right. Where is my friend's flow document? <laughs> wellness. Wellness is for, for people. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. For future episodes, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please check out our website at www.goformanlaw learning.